Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, guys, welcome back. Another Panther Rants podcast with Juan Harris. We're back. And I'm sure you're all excited. Well, I'll be back to work. I mean, not to hear me. I'm sure some of you know are still on vacation, which I have no issue with. It's hard finding uh, sitters for kids usually, or you know, there's daycare obviously. But if you really don't want to spend all that money on extra money on daycare, you don't have to. So you know, work from home, take some time off. Me, I get to go back to the office because I, Lord knows what, what, what else I have to catch up on. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, the kids love it. And good Lord, all, all they do is eat. You know, I mean, maybe when I was a kid, that's all I probably did around the holidays was eat. But shit, I didn't realize it, how much kids really eat. But, uh, you know, being a parent, I mean, I don't know how many years, how many more years I'll have of this. Well, I mean, my kids are young, so I can do the freaking math. How many more years? I'm sure if my oldest, probably at least two or three more, maybe. Eventually, he'll find out Santa Claus isn't real, and then then he'll uh, then I'll trickle down to my daughter. You know, six. She'll figure it out. And I'm sure my youngest is three. We're pretty much gonna tell the other, the older two, not to fuck it up for the younger one, and not tell them at such a young age that Santa Claus isn't real. Because you know, I, I at least want, I at least want them to, uh, you know, enjoy all that whole waiting for Santa and all that, all that crap. Although I will say. If you're looking for a really good mechanism, to, you know, to get to your kids, that FaceTime Santa app really works. I mean, your kids act really acting up one day, and you need to get them to calm the fuck down. <laughs> Just FaceTime Santa Claus and tell Santa all this shit they're doing. And then uh, they really. Um, calm down, and what, 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 what was great about all that was, you know, I have a daughter, my daughter, Harley cleans, she was, you know, before Christmas came, she was cleaning up the room, because she was tying up for Santa Claus, and I said, well, you're still cleaning, she says, 
I want to get ready for Santa. I want Santa to have a nice, nice, nice home to come into. And I said, well, shit. I was there. I'd like to have a nice home to freaking walk into. Of course, I ain't cussing my kid. I just, you know, hypothetically. But, you know, I told her, I said, you know, cling is an awesome habit to get into. You know, you, I mean, because, you know, it's one of the things where you develop good habits. You know, starting with cling is one. I mean, it's like with, when you work in a restaurant, the first thing you, you know, clean, cleanliness and sanitation is your first best habit. You know, and of course you'll have a you'll have the chef or the cook bitching at you. But anyways, enough of that little enough of that crap. We got a lot to get into right now. On my way to on my drive to work, we got Pitt and Stanford. We got Dana leaving, and we got Penn State losing, which we won't talk about too much because you know. Good lord, and we have the college football playoff to talk to talk about as well, and the, also the bowl games. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to every freaking bowl game, but just some bunch of stuff. Well, first of all, Pitt Stanford, Pitt and Sam Stanford faced off in the Sun Bowl on New Year's Eve. Last time Pitt played in the Sun Bowl, we all know what that we all we all know what happened. It lost three nothing in one of the worst bowl game, pretty much the worst bowl game ever played. I mean, how much NFL talent was on that team, and we still lost three nothing. So, if you're wondering why Dave Wanstead really got fired, uh, there, there, there's your freaking answer right there. At least one of your answers. I'm sure pissing off the AD at times probably got him fired as well. On top of the, uh, you know, that little off, that little off camp, those, you know, those instant reports. Where Pitt supposedly led led everybody in the incidents. Lord knows what they were. But uh, in this game, it was another game where Pitt pretty much a typical Pitt loss. Pitt dominated, Pitt dominated the stat sheet and still lost. I mean, they outgained Stanford. They held Stanford to two touchdowns and still lost. You know, they just found ways to lose games. As always. Defense played their ass off. I mean, they gave up only 14 points. The only way Pitt, you know, the way you know, the only way Pitt defense is going to shut down a team like Stanford is to well have Alabama type talent, have Alabama type coaching, which Pitt doesn't have. But for 14 points, that's pretty good. It's good when your offense is lethargic. Well, your running game was good. It's just your your passing game was lethargic. It was a combination of both play calling and Sean, and you know, and the quarterback. You know, I know it's easy to blame Sean Watson for everything because he's a QB coach, this and that. 
But Kenny Pickett is almost is about twenty years old, and he's been playing he's been playing QB most of his life. And there's a lot of throws that he really should make that he needs to make, and he wasn't making them on on Sunday or Monday, whatever New Year's Eve was. I don't know. My days are all screwed up. It was Monday. And I know that Sean Watson is a big part of the is, is, is a part of the problem, but Kane Piggy yesterday was a big part of it. You know, he's it's at a point with him where he has to have where he doesn't, and right now he doesn't. And this team really developed defensively; the defense really took hold. But we needed a passing game, and we didn't have it. I think Penner Dizzy's nuts if he keeps Sean Watson, but that's his buddy. We all know that goes. Any excuses we're going to probably hear are the fact that we outgained Stanford and moved the ball. We just couldn't punch it in. But it's getting old. And this offense, I think, can be, can be more than what it is. It just depends on who's calling the shots. You know, Taysier Mack, I think, could be a star in this league. And could be starting next level. It just depends on who's throwing him the football next year. And, of course, we had to sell for field goals at the goal line because of horrifically bad play calling. And on top of that, I say, you know, it would be really be nice at this at this at this goal at these goal line situations, a tight end, you know, either blocking or maybe sneaking, you know, sneaking a uh, tight end in the end zone, the back of the end zone, and you know, tossing them a football, you know, or play action to a tight end, you know, because Pitt obviously doesn't have any of that right now because we lost our tight ends, one quit, Lord knows where he's going. Because he had enough. And we had a Titan that was supposed to come in uh, next year and contribute. And he realized what the fuck was going on. And he left. He went, he's done going to go to Texas Tech and do some air raid. Rather than this little, you know, shit show. But like I said in the last podcast, there's obviously things Pitt need to do. They need to probably figure out what they're going to do with Sean Watson and probably reopen the quarterback position because Kenny, he's a nice kid. But he hasn't shown anyone, he hasn't shown us that, that the job is his or he's the man for the job. They really need to figure out or get it right. Because Quadrolis and Darren Hall are gone now. Quadri got hurt in the uh, bowl game, which sucks. And I hope he, he heals. Because I think he has a uh, bright future ahead of him in the pros. 
if he gets there. But Darren Hall also has a future as well, which is awesome that those two were able to share the backfield like they did. But with your ground game gone, I'm sure they got some guys that can, they can step in and contribute in the ground game. But that doesn't mean, you know, we just keep ignoring the pass, passing game. So something needs to give. Otherwise, what do you do? I mean, you go, I don't know, a, a spread offense with no tight end. I don't think we can do it, to be honest. Just ain't going to happen. Anyways, guys. Love our things to cover. Not much else we can say about pit football at this point. Otherwise... That's pretty much your hot, you know, your elephant in the room is uh, the passing game for the most part. The offense is your, pretty much your elephant in the room and, and whatnot. So the hot news on New Year's Day is Dana Holgerson and Houston have a, an agreement and he's going to go. Five years, $20 million. I mean, it's bad enough they could beat Syracuse in their bowl game. You know, as far as much crap that they talked, I mean, they, they, you know, they, you know, they sat and they gloated about Pitt losing in the uh, conference game. And you know, I had one West Virginia guy tell me to enjoy the center pinstripe, but I'm like, okay, I'll enjoy the center pinstripe because obviously the, these at these condescending morons thought they were going to the freaking Alamo Bowl. Oh, wow. Alamo Bowl. Ooh. That's awesome. No, the Big 12 sends them to the camping bowl with a place Syracuse. Great job. And of course they lost that game. I'm sure Dana probably realized what he had coming next year. And decide this, the, the freaking the hell with it and get out of it. Well, he could. But the thing is, is he jumped. You know, he could have went to Texas Tech. But of course, I don't think they were even interested in him, to be honest. And that's one thing people, uh, you know, need to realize as well. He, Texas Tech didn't want him, so where was he going to go? So he ends up in Houston. So on top of you know. We get, you know, we get poked fun at them because our coaches leave. But at least our coaches leave from, like, you know, other P5 schools. Whereas their coach, who had a uh, Heisman candidate at quarterback and a Big 12 that was pretty much very vulnerable enough for them to be in the, you know, the conference game, title game, they underperformed... And that's that. They, I mean, they end up going to a, you know, a no-name bowl. And that's the thing about the, the, the playoff itself is it's taken away the luster of um, 
all kind of stuff, and we'll get into that here in a minute. So I'm not sure why Dana would jump at a non-P5 school. I mean, to me, this is the, big, the biggest mystery out of all of it. I know he has history here because he was here a long time ago with our Bryles, I believe. So I don't know what you know. And of course, they're gonna get, you know Houston's gonna shell a bunch of money for a bit, uh, all-star staff. All I can say is if Houston's really gonna do this stuff, really put their money into football, give the fact that they're a non-P5 school, they better have a hell of a team, and they're gonna have to contend for uh, AC, you know AAC titles every year. Because, I mean, they fired Major Applewine, and he went 8-4. And, and I don't get that one either. I'm, I'm, I think despite what happened, I think Major Applewine has still a bright future in college coaching. And the, and the, jo- the right joke down here was they, they uh, pull um, Applewine for Chris Sims. Because uh, Mac pulled Applewine and let Chris Sims play for the most part. Although I thought Chris Sims was overrated as a quarterback, even at Texas. You know, it's a mystery. I think it, uh, you know, I said I hope West Virginia fans don't learn like good basketball fans did when they ran Jamie Dixon out. But Scott Barnes is not their AD, so I figured the, their replacement's going to be a lot better than what we did with uh, Kevin Stallings. But, uh, you know, when they, repla- when they replaced uh, Dana with Bill Stewart, I mean, Bill Stewart was an emotional hire after ha- Rich Rodriguez left because Bill ha- gave him the passion speech and they beat the crap out of Oklahoma. So they hired him on the spot. And Bill had a really good, um, rec- you know, he had a really good staff with him too. Those guys could recruit in the South. But, uh, you know, the, you know, under Pat White, they performed, and there's been a lot of dirty laundry that's, go, that's aired up by Rodriguez at West Virginia as well. So I don't think he will ever be considered being rehired back to West Virginia. Supposedly there's been some... Uh, there's been a lot of ugly things that have come out, but you know, story-wise, and that would be not pretty much not a good idea for them to come back ever. Maybe you know, to be honored in some way or somehow, but that's about it. But as uh, you know, like I said, the, the you know the, the college football playoff. National title game comes comes over. I mean, one thing the playoff has taken away is the luster of the bowl games. It used to be you could you could brag about what, what bowl game you played in. Now nobody cares. You know, well we played in the Fiesta Bowl, or we played in the uh, Gator Bowl. 
or citrus bowl. We play in this bowl. Doesn't doesn't matter anymore. Nobody cares. You know, whereas in the old days of college football, like in say like the eighties and nineties, seventies, of course, even way before then, all those bowl games are braggable, but playing, and you, you could pound your chest chest about it. Now, not so much. For one thing, there's so many bowl games now that you know it's watered down. And two, it's all about the playoff now. The playoff overshadows a lot of the, a lot of the major uh, bowl games. And, of course, nobody cares how many people you bring to your bowl game either now anymore. That was braggable as well. You know, it, it was, ha-ha, we brought 50000 to our bowl game. I even spent my kid's college fund on a bowl to get down here and do my part. Huh. Next year, all these major bowls are going to want us because we traveled so much. But you guys, your puny 7,000, now nobody cares about that. I mean, I'm sure there's maybe like one fan base that probably does care about you know, how many fans they bring because it's a freaking, I don't know, it's some sort of badge of honor for them to hold on to but nobody gives a flying fuck so yeah you know the bull it just I don't know maybe it's kind of it's kind of made the whole thing boring now and you know Georgia lost last hit to Texas and of course I have to hear about how Georgia wasn't motivated enough and you know some people jumped in my mentions about, you know, well, they were still the number three team. And, you know, they may be right. They may they may be the number three team still in the nation at that time. Maybe they were. But they didn't do what they needed to do. to get to the playoff and that's the thing they had to win their games and they didn't so sure they they still they still may have been the number three team but they didn't do what they needed to do so I mean that's that's the problem with this whole thing as there's a committee and there's things that you need to do to get to the playoff Georgia didn't do it so they may be the number three team, in, you know, overall that you'd put in, but they didn't get in. They didn't do what they needed to do. So I don't, you know, they weren't going to reward them for uh, for losing their conference title game. If they did that, on top of putting two SEC teams in, it was going to create a ruckus among all the other conferences. And then there have been a big push for eight teams after that. Now I, I, I really don't think college. College football, LA NCAA, wants an 18 playoff. But, you know, Georgia could have you know, stayed their case last night and they didn't. They got their asses kicked by a Big 12 team. A Big 12 team where a conference that, that plays no defense. Figure that one out. 
They play no defense whatsoever. It's all scoring, and they and they they pretty much punch Georgia in the mouth. And not to mention, uh, they almost tried to take out Georgia's mascot as well. Bevo uh, decide to uh, wreak havoc. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to take a freaking bull and try to put him next to a pull, to a bulldog. You know, this ain't the. I mean, this ain't the freaking circus where these animals are freaking tame. Both. I mean, not not. Bevo's obviously a still. He's still a freaking wild animal, for God's sakes. I mean, for I mean, he's a freaking bull. Not sure. I mean, I don't know. I I wasn't looking. I'm not sure if he was. He's, he's been neutered or not, but I didn't look. If he, well, uh, you know, he was pretty. Um, I mean, what he did was kind of mellow. So maybe he is neutered a little bit. Because <clears throat> if he wasn't neutered, God for holy shit, it could be a lot worse than that. Penn State lost their bowl game to Kentucky, and I watched that game as well. Kentucky gets their first 10-win season in like 40 years. Good for them. Uh, I have no issues with um, Miles Sanders. You know, he's supposedly going to go up. You know, he's supposedly going to go pro. Initially, I wasn't crazy about it thought was dumb, but of course somebody told me, you know, in my mentions that the, I guess the, the, the QB class and running back class from the, the, for this upcoming draft is very light. So there's a good chance that Miles Sanders can be a, um, he could be a third or fourth round pick. I just don't think he's really pro ready yet. I mean, he had a hell of a season at Penn State, but You know, there, there's not much about him that tells me he's like a really a, a pro a pro back, or that he can be like um, a feature back. But I think he can have a career in the pros. So he wants to go. He said he wants to go pro. He's doing it for his mother, but I think I think really he should be doing it more for himself. But hey, you know, if he wants to get his if he wants to retire his mom, sure. But I don't think he. It, but as a third or fourth round pick, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. But, you know, that's his first contract. I mean, if he really does well in the pros, he may be able to retire her. Get a big get a big deal. We'll see. But, of course, as the game itself, I figured this was going to be one of those games where Penn State performs all game and they, they pull a win out of their ass because that's how they always do this. And of course, they were up. Uh, they were down by twenty points. And next thing you know, Trace McSorley's uh, foot was feeling better. Supposedly, his foot was broken. He came back in the game and uh, rallied him, and they, but they lost by three. And some of those mind-boggling were, you know, they went for a field goal instead of the goal for the touchdown to make a three-point game. And they should, they should have probably went for the touchdown. I'm not sure what the uh, logic was there. It's a bowl game. You're, when you uh, you know, if you win this bowl game, you're not exactly going to go to some next round of the tournament. It's it just the, the game's over. 
So instead of just, uh, you know, going for it, he decides to kick a field goal, which I have no idea why. Which, you know, it, which, you know, it could have worked out for him because Kentucky, you know, didn't have a much, Kentucky didn't have a, much of a passing game. And all Penn State had to really do was stop him. Which they did, but of course when they stopped the Kentucky, there was like nine seconds left. And they were pretty much screwed up for that. And by the time I got the ball back, it was one second left. And um, the um, it were kind of reminded me of that time Kentucky played LSU, but this was like a long time ago, where they where the, the fans stormed the field against LSU, and they had to get off the field because they had one more play left. And LSU threw up a hell mary, and it was tipped, and LSU caught it. And ran for a touchdown and won the game, and they showed like the LSU the, the LSU football players celebrating while the fans are still in the field. That's what this, this that's what this uh, last play kind of reminded me of, except for uh, you know Penn State fucked up the uh, lateral and lost the game. So. Pitt lost, West Virginia lost, and well, Penn State lost. If Pitt somehow, you know, got score score more than thirteen points, maybe um, you know, it'd been something nice to be happy about. But of course, we could never have nice things, and so that's how that goes. I mean, just another year, another bowl loss for Pitt. I mean, we haven't won a bowl game since uh, the Paul Christ era. And that was the little freaking Caesars Bowl. We should have won the bowl game. I think it was the Armed Forces Bowl. We should have won that one where we blew like a, I don't know, a big-ass lead. And somehow we couldn't fill an onside kick for some reason. Because that's just how, you know, that's just par for the course for us. That was, uh, yeah, that was, that was the last of the Paul Christ staff that was still there. And I remember I was so mad. I wanted to, I wanted to leave them in Fort Worth and just tell them to go pet, kiss your own damn flight to Wisconsin. Get the fuck out. But under the uh, Penn or Doozy era, we're, we haven't won a bowl game yet. <clears throat> so it hasn't really you know, worked out for us too much. You know, we lost. I mean, the last bowl game we played in was the uh, Pinstripe Bowl, and we were coming off that whole you know big win against um, Clemson, and of course, uh, you know James Conner got hurt, and it was all downhill from there. Another game where he just uh, you know we went through the motions, and that was it. But um, finishing up here, Steelers obviously got a whole bunch of drama, and of course, a lot of dirty laundry is being aired out in terms of Antonio Brown. You know, I guess uh, Ryan Clark was on. I guess he said years ago when he played that he told you know the, told the Steelers that if they give this guy money, it's going to be a big problem. And 
It is. I mean, I'm not sure what's going on with Antonio Brown, if it's old age, getting older, or maybe having young, you know, younger guys come in the system, getting, more, getting attention. But he's had his uh, moments this year. And, of course, you know, it started off with um, him showing a blade to, to a children's hospital thing. And it's just gradually gone worse as the season's gone on. I mean, when you spend, uh, I mean, when you spend a whole bunch of time with Colin Dunlap's daughter and block Colin Dunlap on Twitter, I mean, there's a lot to be said there, <clears throat> which is kind of odd. So I'm not sure what is going on in that dude's head. Yeah, I'm not sure what's what's happening with him. But, you know, supposedly he was the th- he threw the ball at Ben. He's frustrated because he's supposedly not getting the ball enough. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you think about it, it does kind of make sense. With uh, Pitt abandoning the run when it was working, and they, was, uh, they were electing to throw the football a lot. That was no design. They were doing that because they got a bunch of people not happy they're not getting the ball thrown to them. So they got to appease everybody. So basically, they got to throw the ball to appease everybody. So I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, Steers have a, a lot of talent. It's just, it's just uh, you know, when you have toxic personalities in your locker room, things aren't going to work. And that's pretty much what happened here. And not to mention some bonehead coaching decisions. There was a lot of those as well. I mean, this team just obviously there's a lot wrong with them right now. And they just don't have it together. The, the coaching staff doesn't have it together. And obviously the, the players don't either. So... And I'm sure, you know, I mean, it's all about leadership. There's just not enough leadership on that team. I mean, you know, leadership obviously starts your quarterback, but I don't think they even like their quarterback enough to respect them as a leader. And not to mention the quarterback, you know, for the most part of his career, he was an asshole. I mean, Ben was very talented, but he was a jerk. So when we had guys like, Porter, Ferrier, Harrison, Ward, Bettis. We didn't need Ben as a leader because we had enough leaders in that locker room to hold people accountable. So it really didn't matter, you know, what Ben did because we had leadership. Other in other places where we really didn't need him to lead our um, to lead our team. This time around, there's just no, there's there's none of that, none of that at all. And that's the problem. There's no team leadership, and if there is, they're not they're not respected enough to even you know be taken seriously. So, I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but, you know, probably 
anything get these taught these guys or have a locker room meeting or make some trades. That's all I can do, but if anything, Ben is a, Ben is towards the end of his career, so I'm not sure what he's gonna do. You obviously can't trade him, but does he uh deal with another year of this or does he just say, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pack it in and just say fuck it. I doubt he does because it's just not him, but you never know. Tomlin could follow suit. You know, it's hard to say. But whatever it is, they're going to have to figure it out because Cleveland's got Baker Mayfield and they're, they're looking good. And, you know, as long as they don't mess with the coaching hiring. Baltimore's in the playoffs, and they got Lamar Jackson, and he's only going to get better. So whatever it is, they got to figure it out soon because it's going to get a lot more, it's going to get a lot more tougher. Oh, well, guys, enjoy your day back for some of you. For the rest of you, enjoy your vacation. Hell to pit.